bless your hearts, they called in fifth string today. Uh, you, you, the doors are still open. I'm going to ask you to do something different. Because in Micah, God tells the nation of Israel, Behold, I do a new work. So I want us to do something new today. I want us to do something different. If you're on this side, I want you to find somewhere on this side to sit. I want you to mix it up. Don't sit. Don't sit next to somebody you normally sit next to. Find somebody you rarely talk to, somebody you rarely shake hands with. Sit next to them. Let's do a new work today. Hug necks and shake some hands. Thank you. 
Jesus, thank you for giving us this time to gather together in your house, Lord. Lord, thank you that you did love us, Lord, that you do love us, that you loved us enough to send your own son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, Lord. Lord, this time we just want to give back just a little bit of what you've given to us, just ask that you work in us, that we would truly be showing this and love to you as well, Lord. Lord, just ask that you bless us, the gift and the giver, in Jesus' name.
Woods. Come on down. Have a seat on the steps. I'm sorry, sweetie. All right. We're going to talk about something super familiar tonight to a lot of your parents. Jesus, the night before he was arrested and crucified, he went to the Garden of Garden of He went to a garden. He went into this garden and he took some of his disciples with him and he was praying and he was praying. Does anybody know what he was praying? He's saying, God, if there is any way, please let what's about to happen pass from me. You ever prayed like that? You're about to get, some of us were about to get punished like, Lord, please don't let me get that spanking. So, I, well, okay, just me then. I, I'll admit it. But Jesus prayed, said, Father, I don't, I don't want to go through this, but God, it's your will. And so eventually the guys come to arrest him. And they come, and one of the disciples, he he looks over at Jesus. He's like, "Should we defend ourselves? Should should I take my sword and should I swing?" Now, is this a knife? All right, guys, that's not a knife. Come on, that's a knife. This is the little foil. Peter, uh, the disciple didn't use something like that. This is probably closer to what the disciple used. And he swings, and what happens? Nothing? Does he cut a guy's head off? No. But what does he catch? He cuts an ear off. Ooh. How's he going to hear both sides of the story from now on? Anyway, the disciple cuts that ear off, and... What happens next? Does, does Jesus look at that man and say, Ooh, gross, your ear got cut off. Now, let me remind you, he did not cut it. He cut it off. Jesus doesn't do that, does he? What Jesus does is he gets the ear, comes over, he puts it back on him, and he heals him. Now, this guy was coming to arrest Jesus. Does that make sense that Jesus would do something so great for somebody that wanted to do so much bad to him, it doesn't make sense. But that's Jesus. Do we have people that do bad stuff to us at school? They're, they're mean to us sometimes. They're ugly to us. You know what? Jesus is telling us no matter how ugly they are, let's love on them. That makes sense? All right, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to move on. Father God, Lord, we thank you for the example. Lord, Lord, you're always on time, and you're right there. God, we give you thanks for who you are. Father, just show up today, Lord. Be great. Be who you are. God, do what you do. Father, we give you praise in this next time of worship. Father, we give you praise through the sermon. Lord, just thank you. Thank you, God, for you are so mighty and so great to be praised. Father, just show up. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Stand again.
right, I gave you fair warning. Uh, back in April, when BJ took over his interim, I went to BJ. I said, brother, I know that you're going to be in and out of town. You've got a family. You've got vacations. Um, you may get called upon to preach a revival. If you need me to fill in, I'm available. He said, I, I appreciate that. I, I don't think you're quite ready yet. And I said, okay, brother, I, I appreciate that. And I'm, I go home. I study some more, study some more. I go back to him in September. I said, BJ, uh, I took your words under advice. I've been studying. I've been prepping. And if you need to be out, I'm available. I, brother, I appreciate that. I just don't think you're ready. Okay? I go to him back at Christmas. I say, brother, you know, we're coming up on this new year. Got lots going on. If you need me to fill in, I'm available to preach. David, I don't think. But BJ, I'll do it for free. BJ's like, I don't think you heard me. I think you're ready. So if you're not happy with the sermon today, it's for free. You get your money's worth. All right, I'm going to do it differently. I'm weird. I'm crazy. You know this. Uh, the mic is purely for posterity reasons only. You have no problem hearing me without it, I assure you. Uh, you're going to be section one. Section two, three, and four. Now, a little science to start out our sermon today. Who knows how 3D glasses work, how the movies work? All right, the red on one side, blue on the other. The old-fashioned ones are anyway, right? Well, when they record the movie, they show it with three different light bulbs. They show it with a blue. They show it with a green. They show it with the red. And normally, all three of these line up to one focal point so your eye sees all the different colors it sees a clear picture you see clearly but now with the 3d glasses that's not the case the red ones move just a little bit the blue ones move just a little bit so you've got a red on one side a blue on the other and the green show and that's why if you watch the movie without the glasses it's blurry it's fuzzy you can still see the picture you can still somewhat enjoy the movie but not to the full extent but when you put the glasses on the red fil excuse me filters out the red side the blue filters out the blue side so that when you're looking at the red through the blue you get a shadow so all of a sudden we have depth to that movie same thing for the red it filters out the red but you see the blue it gives depth to that eye so that when you see it looks like the picture has come off the screen but we know it hasn't right all right so this section, we're going to cover all four Gospels today. I hope you had a snack. Section 1, your passage is going to be Matthew 26, verses 45 through 54. Section 2, your passage is Mark 14, 41 through 49. Section 3, you are Luke, chapter 22, verses 46 through 53. And section 4, you're going to be John 18, 1 through 11. Now, all four of these accounts are the same event. But I grew up understanding that if Mama said it once, listen. If Mama said it twice, you better get going. If Mama said it three times, Daddy's coming. So we've got it four times, so it stands to reason that if God allowed it in all four Gospels, it's important. And every single one of those has something important to tell us through that. 
So, section one, if you would stand for the reading of God's word. Each section, I'll have you stand when we get to your portion. Matthew 26, verses 45 through 54. Then cometh he to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomever I shall kiss, that same as he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand, drew his sword, and struck a servant of the high priest, and smote off his ear. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into its place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled, that thus it must be? Thank you. You may be seated. If you would, please, take your hand, lay it on the scripture. Let's make contact with the word today. Father God, we thank you for your word. Father, though this is a tough passage in the life of Christ, Father, it is a blessing for us. Father, it's, it's unfathomable to figure why somebody would want to kill such a great and loving man. But God, there was resurrection that came. There was life that came. Father, I pray you put this old clay pot on the shelf now, Father, that you speak. Lord, that you would give the message. Father, let the cloud of your presence descend upon us this morning. Father, we give you all praise and glory and honor. We ask all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. All right, so what do we have here? I'm very interactory. So what do we have here, section one? What do we have this, in this passage? What do we have? We've got the arrest of Jesus. So basically what happens is Jesus is, I can say Gethsemane, by the way. No worries. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane praying and... He comes, finds his disciples asleep twice. Well, this time he comes on the third time. What are they doing? They're sleeping. Christ comes back. Why are you sleeping? Rise up. The day's coming. The hour is at hand. And while he's telling them this, what happens? Here comes Judas with his band of men. They've got swords. They've got clubs. They're ready to go. They're ready for the fight. And Judas has told the men what? Who I kiss is who is the guy you want. I'm going to give you the sign. You go get him, and you hold him tight. So Judas comes, says, Rabbi, kisses him. They, they, they go to grab Jesus. Then what happens? A disciple draws a sword. He swings. And I'm sure, I'm sure old Peter... We're not told that it's Peter yet, but the disciple. If my Lord and Savior is about to be arrested and killed, I've seen this man raise people from the dead. I've seen this man heal the blind. I've seen the lame walk. I've seen all of these great things, and my Savior is about to die. 
I'm sure old Peter's swinging for the fence, right? And I'm sure Malchus's head was the intent. It's not his ear, it's his head. Malchus probably swings back. Ear gets cut off. We're not told these names yet, but we'll get there. Now, over in Mark, if you are able, please stand for the reading of God's word. Mark 14, 41 through 49. And he cometh the third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough, the hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. And immediately while he yet spake cometh Judas, one of the twelve, with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same as he, take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goeth straightway to him and saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him. And one of them that stood by drew a sword and smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. The set, then Jesus answered and said unto them, Are ye come out as a, against me as a thief with swords and staves to take me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and ye took me not, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Thank you. You may be seated. What changed? What changed in the account? There, there are a couple of minor differences. What changed? How's Jesus to be taken? It says that Jesus is to be taken safely. They're not coming out to kill him at the moment. Judas has said, we want him alive. So they're not coming to kill Jesus at the moment, are they? No. That has changed. What else has changed? What changed? Jesus says to the mob, am I a robber? Am I a thief? You know me. You have seen me every day. I've been in the temple teaching. You've seen my miracles. Have you come out at me like I'm a common thief? Have I stolen something from you? Have I taken something from you? Do you come at me with this hatred? Am I a robber? Am I a thief that you come at me with staves and sticks? So that changes a little bit. Section 3, let's go to Luke. Luke 22, 46 through 53. And said he unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus and kissed him and said unto him, and Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? When they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. And Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves? 
when I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Thank you. You may be seated. What changed? What has changed? Jesus asks, have you come to betray me with a kiss? Then what changes? What's different? Sir? We're told what ear, which is what? The right ear. Now, there's a lot to unpack just on that right ear. Do you know that the only time the right ear is ever mentioned, other than this, is in the book of Leviticus? It speaks to the high priest that when you go into the Holy of Holies, you shall take the blood of the sacrifice. You shall put blood on the lobe of thine right ear. You shall put blood on the thumbnail of your right hand. You shall put blood on the toenail of your right foot. I'm sure when the ear got cut, Judas, ah! And it being a head wound, I'm sure those of you in the medical profession can attest that there's probably a lot of blood at this point, so there's probably some on the big toe. There's a lot to unpack there, but we're not going to that. We're told which ear, and we're told what? It hasn't been mentioned in the two previous accounts. It was healed. An ear that's laying on the ground has been healed. Now, granted, it's not calling a young lady from life. It's not calling into the temple to bring Lazarus back to life, but it has been healed. And we're going to come back to that in just a moment. Now let's step over to John. So section 4, if you would please rise. John 18, 1 through 11. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kedron, where was a garden into which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus all times resorted there with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? Then answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them, and stood then as he had said unto them, I am he. They went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled, which, of, which he spake, of them which thou hast gavest me, have I lost none. And Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword unto the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Thank you. You may be seated. What changed? It tells us the, guy, the servant's name. His name's Malchus. What else changed? There, there's no kiss there. I'm sorry, what was that? They fell to the ground. They were so shocked at Christ saying, I am, they fall back. Okay, they, not only does Judas betray him with a kiss, but they ask him, are you the Christ? And Jesus quickly responds, just as he did in John 8, I am. 
very controversial statement from Christ. He says, I am. What else is different? Not only do we find out who Malchus is, but we find out who? Peter. We find out who's wielding the sword. It's the hothead Peter. Peter's quick to the sword and slow to apologies. I sympathize with Peter a lot. But we take all these accounts so that we can understand, so that we get a clear picture. You guys can't see this flower. They can. You can't see this particular flower. They can. Police use this in investigations. As long as the main points line up, the details help flesh out the story. Detectives use it. The CIA uses it. The FBI uses it. It's a great way to actually fill in what happened in a crime scene. So if it's in here four times, every one of them has something we need to know. Now, I want to go to Malchus. King Jimmy calls him a servant. The word is doulos in the Greek. It means slave. In Hebrew, it is ebed. It means slave. Malchus is not a hired hand. In fact, if he's out here on this mission for Caiaphas, is it safe to say Caiaphas trusts him? Probably. If we go back to Exodus and we talk about slaves, there's three ways that Malchus could have become a slave. He was born into it, or he was captured, which is the first kind, which is really something that doesn't have to do with you. It's something that's inflicted upon you. The second kind of slave is what's called a bondman. You realize that you've messed up in your life. You've got to have some money, so you indenture yourself for a season, usually six years, because in the seventh year you have Jubilee and you're set free. But for six years, you go and you work for somebody, and they've taken care of whatever it is. The third kind, which is in Deuteronomy 15, it's also in the first few verses of Exodus 21, it's the free will slave. It says that if a slave is given his freedom and he decides that I need to hang out with this master, let the master take him before the judges. And if the judges agree, take that slave to the door and put an awl through his ear to the door. Pierce his ear. Now let's think about Malchus for a moment. He's probably not the first. He's probably not born into it or captured. Um... Caiaphas is a wealthy man. Caiaphas is a prominent man. He has power. He has prestige. He has fame. More than likely, Malchus is either the second or the third. And I dare say he's probably the third based on the passage. This is the only time in Scripture Malchus is referenced. This is the only time we're given his name. One time. So Malchus is the high priest slave. So he's probably two or three. He's either sold himself in or he has decided this gig with Caiaphas is a hot gig. I, I go in town. Hey, there's Malchus. Tell Caiaphas we said hi. Hey, there's Malchus. Hey, uh, take this to the high priest. Hey, there's Malchus. Hey, my wife just baked this. Take it to Caiaphas. Great job y'all are doing down at the temple. So Malchus has probably gone to the door, stuck his earlobe out, and has been pierced. Malchus is a lot like us. Some of us are slaves 
because we were born into something. We're all born into sin. We're all born into that condition. So we're Malchus on that account. But those slaves are eventually freed, are they not? Year of Jubilee, every 50 years, every slave has to be set free. We might be the second kind. It might be that we were free, we had been set free, but we got in trouble, we did stupid stuff, and I need a master to take care of me for a while, so I'm going to trade my freedom for this. I'm binding myself to something that keeps me from being free. I'm going to lock in with you for this, for this agreed amount of time. And we, we sell ourselves into slavery. Perhaps we're the third kind, which I believe Malchus to be. We have said, you know what? I was a slave. I was given freedom. But man, look at this. This is a sweet gig. Pierce my ear. I am so down with this. This is my, man, my, Caiaphas, I am down with you. We're rolling in the gold carriages. We've got the horses. We've got gold candlesticks. We're eating off gold plates, drinking out of gold cups. Man, this is the life. I, I want to be your slave. Peter cuts off his ear. Right ear gone. Maybe there's an identity of a slavery that was taken with it. Maybe there's a piercing that went with it, the mark of a slave. I mean, because Jesus didn't say, I come to set the captive free at all, did he? Never said that, did he? A time or two. That marking's gone. That piercing has gone. Jesus grabs the ear, sticks it back on, and heals it. It's made whole. It's not made with a hole. It's made whole. Now, what are the implications of this? We're not told. This is the end of Malchus's story. And I believe God left it open intentionally for me. He left it open for you. He left it open for everybody that would break bread and look at this passage. Am I Malchus? I'm going to tell you, if Christ just put on my ear and I come to arrest him, Malchus is catching flies for a few minutes. I am absolutely positive. I am so sure that Malchus is doing this. He's just, he's dumbfounded. Remember your face-in-face encounter with Christ. When the Spirit whispered to you, and Christ broke your heart, how dumbfounded you were at that moment. God, little old me. God, me. Why me? God, you are so great. I am so not. God, why? And Jesus says, I love you in spite of you, not in light of you. Malchus is a slave. And I think in this passage, Malchus has been given freedom. What does Malchus do? What does he do? What do you and I do with that freedom we are given? Do we make ourselves continually slaves? In our year of jubilee in, in, in Christ, are we made as slaves again? No, we're set free. But that freedom that we have, do we run back and say, you know what, I messed it up, so I'm going to be indentured to this for so much longer 
but eventually I'll get out of it and, I, and I'll be free. But I'm going to hang out here for a little while because I, I just, I messed up that, so I got to go here to get it right. And you're going back to that old master. How many of us with that freedom go back? We go back to the old neighborhood. We go back to the old ways of doing things. And we say, it's good that I should be here. This was great. This was a great life. I had so much here. Pierce me up. Run it through my ear. Let's get it to the door. Let's get a piercing. I, I am choosing this life. I have had freedom, but I am coming back to you. And our walk, is that our walk? Is that my walk? I, I assure you that any man that stands in the pulpit and he does it for the right reasons, God has already dealt with him on that passage. You can't drown yourself in the water without swallowing a little, I promise. What is my walk like? My freedom. What am I doing with my freedom? What are you doing with your freedom? Church, what is the church doing with its freedom? Christ has come, and he has touched our ear. He has healed us. Are we standing there with mouths open wide, just gaping, walking around, just... Hey, Malchus. Do we accept this new reality that I have been set free? This is the one that I sought persecution after, but he has set me free. He has taken my slavehood, exchanged it for freedom, and do I live in that freedom? Or do I go back to the old neighborhood? Do I, do I turn my back on what has happened? Do I turn my back on that face-to-face encounter with Christ? Do I turn my back on this promised new life to go back to the way things were? To go back to the bottle? To go back to pornography? To go back to gossip? Well, you, Jesus, you just don't understand me and Jack and Johnny. We're great friends. Yeah, you may have been. Jesus, you don't understand what I've been told is just too good. I have to tell somebody. You don't understand. I do. You're going back to these old ways, going back to the old slavehood, the old slave ship. Are, are, are you just getting pierced and saying, it's good that I should be here? I know, Christ, you have promised me this life of freedom, but I don't want it. Has the church done that today? Have we, as the church, done that today? Have I in my life, have you in your life done that today? Have we taken the freedom that God has given? The freedom to live a holy, sanctified life. The freedom to walk in freshness and newness of His love. The freedom to feel that anointing. The freedom to walk in His love. No, God, I, I, these old ways are better. This tradition stuff, it's, it's kind of nice. I, you know, it's comfortable. It's easy. It doesn't rock the boat. It doesn't require a lot. As the church, we do a great job of going across the country. We do a great job of going across the world. We don't do a great job of going across the street. We don't do a great job of going across the hall. And trust me, I know. I got three of them pointed right back at me. I don't do a great job of going down the street, going across the hall. Are we doing that? 
Are we opening ourselves up to that freedom in Christ? Are we opening ourselves up to this touch, to this face-to-face -face, face -face encounter? We've got big decisions. Last week, Mark talked about Elijah and praying big prayers. How are you going to pray a big prayer when you're a slave to something? How are you going to pray for God to take you places when you're still shackled? How are you going to pray for God to work mightily and through you when, when you're still pierced and you're serving another master? How can we pray that? Come on, church. How can we pray that? We can't. Everybody knows what God says about two masters. You'll love one and hate the other or hate one and love the other. Where are we slaves today? Or are we free men and women? Are we a slave to the situation in our life that we had no control over? Well, poor pitiful man. You know, my, my, my life's been so hard. Yes, baby, but God has worked. If you have given God space to work, God will work. If you have given it to God, God will work. It's not always the answer we want. Isn't it? It's not always the answer you want. It's not always the answer I want. But the people that you come in contact with, the people that you get to tell about Jesus, the people that you get to walk to that may be hurting more than you, you know Jesus loves you. You know I've got this going on. I was molested as a child. and You know, it's, it's, just, it's been better, but God has given me healing. That may be an example of your case. I grew up with an alcoholic father and mother. They were always doing drugs. But God delivered me from that situation. Are you a slave to that? Are you making yourself a slave to that situation? If you're an adult, are you making yourself a slave to that situation? Little children have no option. But sometimes we do. You can live in that hurt and in that pain, and it's hard to get past. I understand. I've had hurt and pain in my life. Some of it, God's still dealing with. Or are we making ourselves a slave to it? Or have we come to the altar and said, this is a place of blood, this is a place of death, let me set my bad down here. God, you take it. God, you take all this that's horrible about me. Crucify it. Father, I lay it down. Let the blood of that flow. Altars aren't supposed to be pretty. Altars are supposed to be nasty. They're supposed to be disgusting. They're places of death. Are we crucifying the old man? Are we getting rid of the slave and living as the free man? Are you living in that freedom today? If you're living in that freedom, God bless you. Grab a hold of God's coattail. Don't let go. When he says we're going to the left, go to the left. When he says we're going to the right, go to the right. Grab that coattail and don't let go. But if you're still bound back here, yeah, God, I'd love to go with you, but, well, I'm shackled. And he's, what? I have set you free. Well, you know, I, I went back. I got back in the old neighborhood with the old crowd, and, well, hey, God, life happens, you know. No, baby. What's pierced 
through our ears? What have we made ourselves a slave to? What are we doing with it? What are we doing about it? Have we sought God's healing touch? Have we sought the hand of Christ that when we would try to persecute him the most that he would reach down, find nasty old disgusting Dave and say, I love you enough to die for you and save your soul. Be free. That I love you. I looked down and I saw all the junk that is in your life. I love you. Be free. I come to free you. I come to trade places with you. What are you going to do about it? Malchus is a man of great decision. Every day we are men and women of great decision. When my feet hit the floor, do I live today for Christ or do I go back to the old neighborhood? Do I live in Christ today? Do I give him his way? Or do I indenture myself to the old ways and the old habits? Do I let Christ heal? Do I let Christ work? Or am I more comfortable with whining and complaining about certain things? Or just living in this pain and not wanting Christ to come in? If I stepped on your toes, I'm sorry, God stepped on mine. I pray if you're offended that it's the gospel that offends. I pray that it's the blood that offends, not me. I would not offend you for anything, but if the gospel offends, let it offend. We've got work to do, church. I've got work to do. All of us have work to do, amen? Ain't none of us made it that far yet. We all have a piercing. Some of us may have a little scar, but then others of us may have this big auger hanging in our ear. Either way, we've all been made a slave. Father God, Lord, you are amazing. God, you are wonderful. Jesus, your piercing saved my life. Father, I pray that you would just open up yourself to us today God Father let your spirit pour down Father be mighty Father be glorious God have your will in your way in the next few minutes Father in this week Father in this church Father I just ask that you be lifted up that you be exalted have your will in your way I ask this in Jesus holy name It's been good to worship the Lord today, man. It's hard. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard to praise. There's a praise word in the Old Testament. It's called Alel. What word do we get from that? Hallelujah. What does it mean? 
It's praise that's given in the hard times. It's praise that's given before you know what God's answer is going to be. It's praise that's given when you're destitute and you're just so hurt. It's praise that's given when you're on the mountaintop. It's praise that's given at the end of a long journey, and it is so worth it. It is the all-encompassing praise of God. Hallelujah. Let it be, God. I pray today that God would be in your lives, that he would work in your lives, that he would touch each and every one of you, that he would give you a blessing so shaken down, packed down, and filled to overflowing that you just can't receive it. But there are some amongst us that are affected by society right now. Hate President Trump, love President Trump, our government's shut down. We've got some folks in our family here that are affected by this. So what we're going to do this week and next week is we're going to take up a love offering. I know some of you aren't prepared to give today. Some of you come prepared to give for anything at any time. Praise God for that. But we'll have two ushers at the back door on the way out that as you go, if God lays on your heart to help these folks, we're going to help them, help pay some bills, help buy some food, bear up one another's burdens. That's what God's called us to do, isn't it? Mourn with those that mourn. Rejoice with those that rejoice. If you've got something to rejoice about, amen. Let it be known so we can praise with you. But we're going to have some folks. And if you're prepared to give today, God bless you. If you say, you know what, I need to be next week, or if I can come up here during the week, come up here during the week. But we want to help our brothers and sisters, don't we? We want to take care of them. If we know the need, we want to help with it. Steve. Next Sunday, after the worship service is over, we're going to hold a church conference for the sole purpose of approving church endorsement of Pastor B.J. Cobb to pursue doctoral studies at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. So it's constitution, church constitution states, we are to give uh, the church a week's notice on doing that. So the sole purpose will be doing that right after the worship service next Sunday. Thank you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing the word uh, that you have spoken through day today. Uh, please help us to let go of old habits. Uh, help us to realize what you've done for us and uh, help us to change our lives, uh, set us free so that we'd be uh, just as comfortable uh, going across the street to talk to our neighbors as we are just shaking hands across the aisle. Uh, help us to be proud to be a Christian, and uh, please strengthen our faith. In Jesus' name we pray.